0: Season three, episode one. Here we go. The Snowcross podcast is presented by Amsoil, the first in synthetics and the first thing I'm reaching for when it comes to my fire breathing fun 25 or my PW. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Haley Shanley, and if you've never listened to the podcast before, shame on you, but this is where we come to talk about what we love most, snowmobiles and snow bikes, the industry at large, not just Amsoil Championship snowcross, but that is what we focus on the most, but uh, you guys have a lot to say you do and I love that I love the conversation online we're seeing even more of it this year more and more people are paying attention to this sport and I don't take that lightly none of us do that is super super exciting we should all be very excited about that so like I said you all got a lot to say and I want to hear about it so if you have a topic you want to discuss an athlete or anyone from the industry that you want to hear from if you have questions you want answered you name it and feedback in general just throw it in the comments uh, we are very very receptive to that, and I love incorporating it in the show. So that's going to be my segue to how we're going to open this thing up. So I asked you guys after the first weekend of racing, what were some of your favorite moments from Canterbury Park? Here's what you had to say. Taven Woody's big redemption. We also had racer Frank and Blair Morgan on track. That gave everyone goosebumps. Someone else had said Taven Woody's podium speech in round two. She's one of the best podium speakers I know, by the way. Uh, Aki Pellaya winning a qualifier and leading the main Evan Christian's whole shots in quali wins. Evan Doubt's strong start to the season. Emil Har having a career-best finish and his overall weekend and stepping up and having an absolute breakout weekend. And again, another one coming in for Casey Motorsports, having a strong weekend. So uh, from Dubuque. A lot of people were talking about Warner Racing. Warner Racing. We <laughs> really need you to step it up next weekend. No, what what you guys accomplished was absolutely incredible and so much fun to watch. So congratulations, Francis and Jordan. Uh shot Hauger, her first career women's win carrying that red plate into Fargo. Team Canada winning three of four pro classes, the third going to Troy Horbati, who we're going to talk to in just a few moments. He's our special guest on this episode. And I don't want to classify this as a favorite moment by any means, because you never want to like see this happen to a race or you never want it to happen to a race or or have to talk about it. Um, But uh, as you all, many of you are aware, Lincoln Lemieux was involved in a very ugly crash. Um, But the moment where I think thousands and thousands of people, um, I I feel I can confidently say that based on the response online and just knowing the industry is when we got the word the next morning that Lincoln's going to be all right. Everyone just took a big sigh of relief. Um, It was, I won't lie, it was a very somber and stark few hours following the accident. You had Hunter Patenode had expressed that on the podium, and that was how so many of us were feeling. So, it's very very good to hear the good news uh lincoln's lovely wife Catherine and his team one three motorsports have been so gracious in providing updates for us so you can check those out on our social media pages you can also find them on one three motorsports social media as well so wishing lincoln a continued speedy recovery but also to andy paik who is injured in dubuque as well logan Fratilone who is on the road to recovery from his injury and kenny mandrick who i believe had surgery this week so i'm wishing all of them a speedy recovery and anyone who's a uh, Currently on the injured reserve. There's a few of you this season, so uh, wishing you guys all the best. Well, what else is cooking this week? We are supposed to be in Deadwood. That isn't happening. I'm here in the office, so we uh, we postponed Deadwood a few weeks, and that bumped ERX back a weekend too. So our next stop is going to be Fargo uh, next weekend. One week from today, we'll be going racing, and. That's going to make for a busy March. We're going to have four back-to-back weekends. Yikes, but it's going to be fun. So um, be sure to check out the updated schedule at snowcross.com. But uh, let's, let's throw this into the interview. I just had the opportunity to catch up with Troy Horbati, the number 157 snowbiker from Canada. He is really, he's a rider who sprung onto this scene and has had many podiums, a couple career wins. His first career overall win came last season, and he hasn't been riding a snowbike all that long, only since 2019 approximately. So uh, he's come a very long ways in a short amount of time, and he is quite the character. So check this out. Yeah. A couple weeks off here. What are you up to over this little break? Are you back home or are you still in the States?
1: Um, I'm still in the States right now. I can't really get back to Canada. I need like, well, we had a two week break, but we kind of were too late on it. So I could have went back, but I need tests and stuff. So that's, that's pretty hard to do. Um, So we just figured we'd stay down here. So right now kind of just working on bikes and stuff. Last night I went snowboarding. Just trying to have a good time right now and kind of enjoy my time down here. Um, there's a lot we can do here that we can't do in Canada. So I'm kind of just trying to enjoy being able to do stuff at home. There's a lot that's locked down and I can't do. So we're doing that right now.
0: That's good. And a reset like this, and to be able to do fun stuff is so needed, especially after crazy back-to-back weekends. Well, let me ask you about this season so far. You seem like a guy who is always genuinely having fun. So, how much fun has this season been? Obviously, a couple podiums and a win in there.
1: Yeah, so far it's been uh, super good. I love snowcross racing. It's just like you throw everything on the line that one race and there's always super crazy battles right back and forth it's always it's always super fun so um you I find even when you go down and have a bad bad moto it's still you're still like oh I was I was like giving it my all and everything I got and that I really enjoy you kind of need to put everything out there and if it goes well you're having an awesome time and if it doesn't I find you could still have a good time doing it.
0: And uh, let me ask you about um, Jimmy, who you're teamed up with. Jimmy Kranz to our listeners. You know Jimmy from Bikeman Performance. He's been around the snowmobile space for a long time and power sports as a whole. So you've been teamed up with him for, I believe, since at least last season. How has it been working with Jimmy? You guys seem to work really well together.
1: Yeah, he, he definitely brings the fun to all the races. Um, he feeds me. He, he basically looks after me. gives me somewhere to sleep in between races and stuff. And, uh, yeah, we, we've grown a really good connection. Um, he's helping me from when we're at the races to during the week. Um, he always gives us something to do. So it's super fun having him around and, uh, yeah, he's always, (laughs) he's always joking around. Um, just, the crazy things he does it's just super funny and uh, I don't know just our friendship together is uh, definitely different um he's always he's always playing with my hair and stuff it's there's a lot of things that's weird but so we're growing out the hair right now and um, hopefully he likes it near the end of the season when it gets longer <laughs>
0: Well, I have some fan um some fan participation, some fan submitted questions at the end, and there's one that um it may or may not be from Jimmy around that same topic. But, um, how did the relationship come about? because and how long have you been working together because i I thought I remember you guys were working together last season as well.
1: Yeah, so um, it's kind of a crazy story. The first time we met Jimmy was last year, the first time once we came down here, we we're practicing at ERX, and we went and parked behind beside this trailer. And my dad started kind of talking to him or whatever, just, and we're, we're talking about like racing and stuff. He's like, yeah, my son races too, like one twenties and he was in this super nice in tech trailer. And we like, this was, this was kind of one of our first times seeing like inside while well, his practice rig. But so at the time we are like, holy, that's like an insanely nice trailer, like, nice trailer, dude. And he's, so we were talking about that and stuff. And then first round, I think, was it last year? Was it year X? Um, anyways, that the year X round, we ended up parking beside the Stud Boy Semi and out walks Jimmy. And, and we're like, what happened to your other trailer? And he's like, oh, that was my practice trailer. So then then we got to know him that night and he invited us to a shop and stuff and then we kind of we kind of built a friendship there and then then he invited us to come to Deadwood with us and it went really well there so then we did the rest of the season with him
0: Well, it seems like you guys have a good thing going and you've carried that into this year. And let me ask you about the racing itself. I have some theories on why the snow bike caliber and quality of racing has been upped this year, but I want to hear it from you. Why do you think that snow bike has been compelling this year? And I think that came as a surprise to many, um, and we'll talk more about that. But yeah, why do you think that the racing has just been up this year with snow bikes?
1: Um, Yannick coming from Canada has... Really up the game, and then you also have the guys from Idaho that came in, uh, making the whole field faster in general. And just every every year, we're figuring out how to set these snow bikes up better and better, and we're just getting faster and faster every year. So um, throughout time, everyone's just going to get faster, right? Um, now having Yannick, I find me, Yannick, and Jesse are all all around the same speed. And so it makes racing super exciting. Like now you got to worry about Yannick and Jesse. Like when you're in a battle with three people, it's, it's super intense.
0: And had you had an opportunity to race with Yannick before? I can't remember. i have like if you'd probably done it like the X guy EPS games qualifier or maybe two seasons ago, but how much have you raced with Yannick before?
1: Um, I raced against Yannick quite a few times, but not not when I was I've improved quite a bit over last year basically and so the years before when I was racing Yannick I was kind of I wasn't really near his speed so I never had the chance to like battle with him like I do this year so it's pretty exciting having him up there too
0: yeah, there's there's so many guys, especially like the guys from Idaho too. Canyon Ashley has been so impressive on his start. So you're right, like what you were saying about how it's you guys figure out these machines more and more every year. The equipment evolves. Um, it's been really really exciting to see. Um, let's go back to round two. You had not one but two crashes. The second one went kind of under the radar. Um, and that one it, it kind of messed you up a little bit. So what all went down in round two for you? And I believe it was Moto two.
1: Yeah. So, um, in moto two, I was, I, uh, if I, I'm pretty sure if I won that moto, I would have had the overall. So I was like, we were, I decided I was going to try something different and really we we found my first few laps. It takes me a while to get going to the top speed. So off the start, I was like trying to work myself up before the race to try to get the blood flowing and stuff. So I spent like 20 minutes like running before the race and I was like winded before the race which I mean it's a short race to me it doesn't really matter I feel like my fitness is there so I kind of just tried to get the blood going and then right off the start I got cut off and I went down pretty hard there and broke my visor and stuff and I felt completely fine so I got up and I just my goal was to catch up and try to get a podium position so I started just going as hard as I can and my bike was like my bars were like sideways they were like the front end was all tweaked up but I kind of tried to ignore it and just keep going and I was pushing as hard as I can till the last lap I thought I had one more spot to go to get on the podium and it turns out I was in a podium position and so I went down last lap when I didn't have to which was i'm still mad at myself for that move and so i went down hard there and hit my head on the bars pretty good um but i we didn't really get it checked out by a doctor other than the fxr mobile medic team they said i didn't have a concussion from that crash and i i my whole body and everything felt fine um in that last crash i broke my lever and stuff so it took me a while to get get up and going because I had no clutch right so I just rode out that last lap and then I, when I came off the track I felt I felt tired like I normally would like just breathing heavy and so I'm like whatever like like it, it's gonna go down eventually so I I rode back to the truck and then when I got to the truck like I started realizing that I was like hyperventilating like crazy and it just kept getting worse and worse so like once I got to the truck, I like just laid on the ground and I, I couldn't really pick myself up. It, it was like my whole body went numb from my shoulders to my hands and like from my hips to my toes. And it was a really scary feeling. So Jimmy got me in his trailer and sat on a bench for a bit. And for like 20 minutes after that, it just started getting worse and worse. I could barely even talk because I was just so worked up and so Jimmy said like screw it we're taking you to the medics so the medics came and picked me up and I I sat in the trailer for a while and they were they're trying to help me out um they're trying to uh just figure out what was going on make sure I had no internal damage and stuff and I was I was acting like super weird and So every, they all thought I was, had a concussion, but there was no, like I had a broken visor on the helmet, but that was it. There was no, like, I didn't, I didn't have a headache or anything. I didn't hit my head super hard. So they, we really still don't know what happened other than they just say like, cause I was hyperventilating so long and so hard that they think like, that's why I was like going delusional almost. I was I was like, not myself. And to me, I felt like completely normal. I was like, Dad, what are you talking about? Like, I think I'm fine, other than I can't stop my breathing. And he's like, No, Troy, like, you're acting super weird. And so it took about like probably 45 minutes to an hour to like get myself breathing normally. And I kind of woke up the next day, like, super sore. And I think I was back on the bike like two days after. So, and ever since ever since then, it just I, I felt normal and fine. So haven't really worried about it.
0: Man, that's that's super scary and bizarre, the whole hyperventilating thing. But good to hear that two days later you were back at it and then um, a comeback story to come away with a, a win. And so early on in the season, round three. So that one had to feel good.
1: Yeah, it was really good.
0: So I want to ask you about, and let's have some fun here, and I expect that you'll give me your full unbridled honesty. So uh, in the dark abyss of the internet, there's this there's this hate towards snow bikes, right? <laughs> some I will say they are the quads of the snow cross track. I want to know from you, is that hate warranted, and do you have a response to that?
1: I... Honestly, sometimes sometimes I love seeing it. Um, there's, there's times where I've seen people targeting towards, say, Jesse, which I, I don't feel is right because Jesse puts in just as much work as any other pro sled, and same with basically every guy on the snow bike field, right? We're putting in the work that the top sleds do, and that's important, but I see, I see where the hate comes from some people because there's it's same thing with quads and dirt bikes, right? Dirt bikes don't like quads and it, it makes sense. I totally see it, but, um, I feel like there's a way we could, we could not be the quads of the, of the show here. And, um, I think, I think a lot of it has to do with us, um, almost we always want a groomed track which it's not snow cross racing you got to ride a rough track and that's that's what I like I mean I like riding a smooth track I'm sure everyone does but um we got to realize that like the sleds have to ride a rough track so we have to too right we can't always want a smooth track and I feel like that's where the sleds look at us as whiners and stuff and so I totally see their point of view and, and yeah, I don't hopping on a sled is definitely scary for me. Um, reason I'm on a snow bike is because I've grew up racing dirt bikes and stuff. And that was the first thing. Um, maybe in a few years I'll hop on a sled and try a national and stuff and see how it goes. And I'm I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll get destroyed. I'm not, (laughs) I don't think I'll be anything good, but it'd be cool to try it out right
0: no it's it's yeah it's it's funny you say that about like the the people like, like letters saying you guys are whiners or we're not like everyone's going to have their opinion about what makes a good track and obviously ISOC has to try their best to to cater to both and it's it's a very very hard hard thing to do but I, I think more so um, the reason I ask is just like the fans out there and everyone by the way everyone's entitled to their own opinion um, but I can't help but think it's like really funny when people go out there just like hating on them for nonsense reasons and I don't know in the past like if the racing hasn't been great like you rewind to like a few years ago in snow bike, and even at some points last year like when the racing isn't always as compelling throughout the show and if people want to hate on that that's one thing but this year like right out of the gate has been such a step in the right direction for the sport in terms of like what you guys are doing the quality of the show so um hats off to all of you guys so thank you for your your feedback and indulging me with that one
1: you just have to laugh at it because they say they say that we're so slow and stuff, but at the same time you look at the lap times and there's often weekends where our lap times are faster than every pro sled. And it's pretty it's pretty crazy just how fast our corner speed is compared to the sleds that they definitely have more power than us, but we can make up time in other places and people don't even realize it.
0: Exactly, and Iowa I think was a prime example of that. Um... I don't know which night it was or if it was just like the averages overall both nights, but your guys' lap times were just like a second on average quicker than, than the pro sled. So it's it's exciting for sure. And you know, there's I think at the end of the day there's gonna be people that will just like die on that hill of I hate this or I love this and that is what it is. And regardless, we love the the banter and and the feedback. Um, so speaking of, of juice, did you get a chance to go back and watch round three Moto2? Um, or were you aware of the situation at all between Jesse and Yannick?
1: I've seen little clips of it. Um, I don't quite remember what all happened, but whatever happened, I loved it.
0: It was so good. I mean, it's it's, you know, two guys like who are good friends. You don't want to see anyone like get hurt or, you know intentionally take one another out, but it kinda had us announcers and I think a lot of fans like, oh, that just happened. Um so we'll 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 replay the clip here, but um no, that was good stuff. Well, I have some fan QA for you, Troy, if you're ready. Yeah. Um this first one, uh you've told this story a few times, but there's still a few people who are like, who is this guy? Because you really sprung onto the scene in Snowbike, Snow bikes, no Cross Racing. So Tell us, how did you get started in snow bikes?
1: So the first time I've ever ridden a snow bike was in the mountains. We decided to put a kid on my one fifty two stroke. Which honestly, I was I was twelve years old, and we took it to the mountains, and it was it was all a kid could need. Like if you have a one fifty and a kid that you want to put on it, like that's all he needs. I went anywhere where a four fifty would go. But I'm also, I was also like 120 pounds, right? But so that kind of was my first time doing it. And at the time, I was, we were just like, this is cool. Like, we're just going to go to the mountains every winter and ride them for fun. And so my dad bought one for himself to do that, a 450 with a timber sled on it. And then we heard about this X Games qualifier. I was, I was 13 years old and we decided I was just going to try. So we spent like a week practicing on a snow cross track before the X games qualifier. And I did the qualifier and I was like one spot away from making the, making X games. So I was like, Oh, whatever I'll try next year. And then I got a call like three days later that I got an invite to X Games. So now like, now I had to be into it. Right. So we, we did some practicing. I did like, and, one national to practice for x games and stuff and so i went and did x games and had an awesome time doing it so like the next year i was like oh we got we gotta throw more at it and go for it and so that next year i made x games by myself without without the invite and stuff so i did i did a few nationals then and didn't really have great results still but so then i came The next year which was last year and that's when COVID hit and stuff so I had to live down here and that's when that's when I started getting fast was when I was riding as much as I possibly could and there's really nothing else to do so we just rode and yeah so that's that's how I got where I am now.
0: Well, uh, off uh, stepping aside from the fan Q and A, um, a personal question is like that first year you go to X Games. You're this young kid. You're you're so new to this all. You oh, you've always presented and carried yourself as this guy who's just happy go lucky. You're pretty cool, calm, collected. Um, but at what, any point, were you ever like, oh my gosh, like I'm lining up against these like wicked fast guys who have been doing this for a while? Um, did at any point, were you, did it ever sink in, like oh my gosh, I'm here, and maybe make you a little bit nervous?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, The whole X Games experience was like super cool. Me and my sister went snowboarding and stuff there. And I had a good time with the family and everything was fine until I got on the gate. And like, I forget who was, but I'm pretty sure I had Axel Hodges beside me. And I was like, why am I like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, this isn't right. And the, the guy waved the flag for us to go and stuff. And, everyone took off and I I like I was like a second delayed on start it was terrible and that was just because I was so like I was like what the heck is going on like it just it didn't feel real at the time and then so that was my first X Games experience I didn't really get a good result just because I didn't I didn't feel like I should be there and I mean I had the speed to be there I just Kinda I just got so nervous with the people I was racing um i because I always looked up to him as a kid, and I still do look up to him right
0: mm-hmm. The next question we have from the fans here is, can I sell your truck? It's been sitting in a snowbank
1: oh <laughs> my tr- my my truck is never going i don't care I don't care if. I want a new truck. I don't care. Like the truck is staying with me for the rest of my life. Um, I bought it. I bought it this year with the winnings from last year's snow cross this summer and it handles like crap. It doesn't drive well. It's all over the road. I can't like, I don't know why I like it, but I choose to drive it over any other vehicle and I always will. Um, So like, my truck's probably one of the biggest things I miss right now at home. Um, I'm trying to get my friend to drive it out here for me, and but I'm, I'm not sure if it's going to be cheaper to drive it out here or ship it out here because I think I'm going to burn like five, six hundred dollars in fuel coming down here. So um, <laughs> it might be easier just to throw it on a truck. It's it's really bad on fuel.
0: So what is the truck? What did you buy?
1: Uh, I bought a 1993 Dodge Ram first-gen Cummins, Um, so it's a big diesel truck, and the diesel doesn't stay in the tank very long. It's built like a brick, very slow, very, yeah, it sounds like it's fast, but it it doesn't move very quick.
0: (laughs) How many miles are on that bad boy?
1: Oh, we're we're almost at 400,000, and it's still going strong.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs)
1: 400,000 kilometers, kilometers. You guys, yeah, we go by kilometers in Canada.
0: Okay, still an exceptional amount.
1: Still a lot, yeah.
0: Any idea of who at home might have asked such a question?
1: 100% my mom. It was your mom. Before I left, I parked it right on the the patio, basically. We got the patio in front of the house and a big snowbank, and I drove it right up onto that snowbank, and... My excuse was we didn't have a long enough extension cord to plug it in in the cold. So I drove it right onto the patio and it hasn't moved since. <laughs>
0: um this next one and I'll and I'll leave it up to to you to determine who might have asked is who shaves your eyebrows?
1: Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy definitely asked that. Jimmy the first time we hung out, um we I don't know, he the first thing he noticed with me was I, I had a bit of hair between my eyebrows and the unibrow was coming in and he, even, even if I got nothing between my eyebrows, he still brings it up and he loves making fun of it. And so he likes making fun of all the hair I got on my head and my eyebrows, but I think he's just jealous because he's got no eyebrows and no hair on his head. So that's kind of where I'm at. I might I might let him do my hair at the end of the season. We'll see how it goes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. I appreciate you uh, tossing it right back at him, too, compensating for, for not having any. <laughs> um, has Cody Kranz been hanging out in your gear bag lately?
1: Uh, Co- Cody's <laughs> been all over the place. I can't keep track of that kid. Um, one second, he's in my gear bag. The next second, uh, he's trying to take me to the arcade. And me, me and him spent a full day at the arcade. Um, he's, he's just all over the place. I love that kid's energy. Um, I, I don't even know. He might be in the gear bag back there. <laughs> Who knows that kid? He's everywhere. And I love him.
0: The infamous gear bag. To those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, we did an FXR What's in Your Gear Bag last year and um, Troy pulled Cody out of the bag, among many other surprises. that That was one of my favorites. Um, next question we have is what is your favorite tip or helpful comment your dad has given you w- pertaining to racing? Cuz for those of you who don't know, Troy's dad has been an instrumental part of his racing program. So what's maybe that one bit of advice that stands out to you, Troy?
1: Um, my dad's been definitely my number one supporter the whole way through, always looking after me and stuff. And I don't there's a lot he hasn't gave me very many tips since I started beating him and since I was faster than him, which I was faster than him on like 85. So (laughs) it's been a while, but there's one tip I've like always remember from, and it's probably like, just, he'd always tell me to stay on the gas longer than anyone else. And so every corner I go into, I'm just waiting for someone else's bike to shut off or like for them to get off the throttle. And I try to stay on it for at least half a second longer. And so, so that's probably the biggest thing for me. And then I, I also tell Cody that's, that's the main thing I tell Cody is just like wide open longer than anyone else and you'll win. And that's, I feel like that's been a big thing for him too. So I've been trying to kind of pass that to him and make that kind of make that kind of something he does through his whole life racing. Right. Mm,
0: I love that. That's fantastic. And the last question I have for you, and and I'll echo this one because this is actually one I was going to throw into the show, is you and I were talking before the season and we're like, oh my gosh, there's no more X Games. That means we may not get Brock Hoyer or Cody Matichuk or some other names down here again. And we were both kind of like, this is scary. And I know that we weren't the only ones to say that there were other people that were just too a little bit unsure about the future of snowbiking. With the increase in the field that we have seen this year, and the up of the caliber and quality of racing, does that leave you more optimistic about the future of snowbike racing?
1: For sure. Um, I feel like the people that are racing in in the National Series here are all all super good guys and uh, we kind of get along really well. So that's only going to be a plus for snow bike racing. And then the guys that are out in the back country, they're, they're super good on a track and they're just having a good time out in the back country right now while it's hard to come down here racing. So um, I feel like once things start open up more, we're going to see them come down when it's easy for them. And then you're going to get even more people battling, right? Um, It's super, super easy to have tight racing and these tight tracks. Right. And they're technical. So it, it's really, uh, you can only have so much power on a snow bike too. So there's not much that separates us. Right. So we're, we're all super close with each other and basically trying to figure out how to ride these things. Still, there's still lots of improvement to be made and there's many changes you make to it where it's like, Holy, I think I got the edge on the competition. And so that's that's super cool. There's a lot of setup that goes on with it. And obviously there are a lot of riding skill that you gotta learn.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have any plans yourself to get back to the mountains and, and do some riding in the backcountry?
1: Um, not not this season. Um, we're thinking of maybe going with uh uh Justin from Arrowhead Adventures um sometime this winter, but I'm I'm not sure if we're gonna make the time to do it. We kind of wanna go to Florida so we might do that um I went two times before I came down here to BC so we uh we went out with some buddies in Canada there and that's that's kind of that's always the first snow bike ride of the season for me we go to the mountains and kind of just figure out the bikes there it's there's no there's no way other way to figure out how to how to get your snow bike put together Then in the backcountry, when there's no tools, no nothing. So we, we go there and test out the bikes. And if something breaks and we're stranded out there, and that's kind of how it goes every year. And I don't know why we do it, but we do. Basically, if you're racing, just, I feel like the main thing, is just to go out and have fun. And I, I try to have fun as much as I can. And if we're not having fun, then we're not going racing that weekend. Right. And that's that's the biggest thing with all the people that support me. Um, we have fun with it. Everything we do from practicing to, to every, everything, just hanging out during the week here. We're, we're always having fun in everything we do. And that's, that's a big part of it. Um, we're having fun from the moment we got down here to the moment we leave, right? Um, so I love having all the fans around and just everything about snowcross is just amazing. Like there's so many opportunities to talk to the fans and stuff and hang out with them. And there's many, many friendships I've made with fans that I go and see them once a year at their, at their local snow cross race, which is super cool. So that's what I love about the sport. And I just love, love having fun doing it. And I kind of want everyone else to as well.
0: Hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Troy Horvati. Like I had said he is one of the most happiest laid back guys in the pits. Genuinely always having a good time. So it's so much fun to chit chat with him here outside of the races. You can find all of our episodes online on our Facebook and YouTube channel. You can also find them now on Float Racing and you can subscribe to wherever it is you get your podcasts. So thank you so much for listening to the Snowcross podcast presented by Amsoil. Coming up next week I was fortunate enough to get a Hold of Jake Belair in the gang. So, the Belair Racing Crew, they're going to be joining me on episode two of season three of the Snowcross podcast presented by Amsoil. So, that's coming up next week. And after that, we are on to Fargo for the All Finished Concrete Snowcross National presented by Cost Materials. So, thank you so much. I'm your host, Haley Shanley. We will see you next week.